We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the hills of Strawberry Canyon, I'm Coin Dang, and this is the Golden Bear Cast. Let's go, go Bears! And welcome back to another episode of the Golden Bear Cast, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. If you didn't see the episode name, this is a Know the Enemy episode where we're going over who we're playing that week, uh, just some thoughts, and getting the inside scoop. And this week, it is the UW Huskies. Of course, we have our dear friend Gaby Lucas on from the UW Dog Pound. Gaby, how are you doing this Thursday afternoon? <laughs> I'm doing good because I have a kitten next to me who's trying to attack my hand. And because uh, and it's the unrelated to football, but it's the first ever day of the first ever Seattle Kraken training camp. So it's just a new shiny toy. But um, And I'm also doing better than I was a week ago from today. Just when if we're thinking UW football shenanigans, so so overall could be worse. Could be worse. Always could yeah. be worse. That's the positive way yeah. to think. Yeah, it could, it, if it's going bad, don't worry. It could be going badder. That's what we're trying to tell people that are Cal fans. It could mm-hmm. be worse. It could always be worse. Yeah, exactly. But uh, we're gonna talk about some UW football. So I'm gonna dive right into it. All right. Yep, yep. We have a we're gonna have a written version. If you're listening to this, we might already have a written version of this up on Right for Cal, but we're gonna do the audio version here with Gaby. So I'm gonna go through the questions that our writers had and some of our general questions that we usually ask everyone. And uh you're gonna do most of the talking for me. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Let's start at the top. Let's start with some like team specific questions, right? You guys lose to Montana. You guys go to the big house and you lose that one, but you come back and you beat, you blow Arkansas State out at home. With that, how much leeway does Coach Lake have? Like, would what would cause UW fans or the donors or the AD to fire him before the season is over? I mean, I think if they keep, if they were to revert back to their. Um, the offensive philosophy in against Montana and Michigan and that we saw like the first half of Utah last year and the first half of Stanford last year. Um, then I think 
the amount of games they end up winning is inevitably so low that they have to they would like i don't think anyone could keep their jobs if they if they like it's just so inevitable you cannot win that way but yeah on the other hand if you look at like the second half of utah last year the second half of stanford last year and this arkansas state game um then like that's a good team um it's not a perfect team but that's a team that could pretty much wreck most of their opponents on the mm-hmm. schedule um granted you know this is the pac-12 north and this is washington so there would always even if we even if we do do that then then um then we're you know there's always some uh after dark chaos that would come in but um but the it, there's something to be said about about we're all kind of uh, the fan base is all kind of clenching and v- crossing every single appendage we have that like the Arkansas State um, scheme offensively that we saw is is a permanent um, admission that like you need to make that adjustment because it's so hard to th- I feel like with with coaches um, or, or just really just any all sort of uh, middle-aged men who who have spent their entire life doing one thing, who are so um, <laughs> con- convinced of their own being right, um, and that is usually what coaches are. Um, it's I feel like they all have that thing that they like to revert back to. And if, if you're looking at, theoretically, Jimmy Lake and John Donovan being this, like, I-formation, like, 22 personnel up the A-gap, uh, like, Marty, Marty Ball... Uh, and trying to play ball, ball control, like a ball control game, instead of just like scoring points, which I think most of us would agree, points are a good thing to try to have. Uh, like if, if if they revert back to that, which I feel like at one point there will, it it yeah, it I if I should finish that sentence first. If they revert back to that, it's not great, <laughs> and I feel like that is kind of their comfort food when everything you know yeah and it's so hard to break that habit um <laughs> so i feel like even if arkansas state um the arkansas state game was more was like definitively what we'll see in the future i feel like there's still going to be some game where they end up being like "Ooh, time to uh run it twice uh off of uh like uh, 21 personnel <laughs> or 22 uh, in the A-gap and for like an entire three quarters and then be like, oh shit, we're behind 28 to three. Maybe we should start th- like running it out of run-friendly packages and not and also giving Tillon Morris more opportunities um, so that every throw isn't life or death. Um, and then, then it'll be like too late. It's like the Stanford game last year. Um, but I also think there's something to be said about uh like obviously arkansas state it would be insane to not recognize that washington has a huge talent advantage over them Mm -hmm. but if they played the same scheme that they played against montana and michigan it would have looked they still probably would have won just based off pure talent but it would have looked way way different um so i'm just saying that now i assume that was one of your questions yeah if not um i'm just saying that now yeah there's it was definitely a combination of the two because I, I really can't emphasize enough that that, that it was a departure um, in many ways from the first two games of the season, which sucked. <laughs> I think I think uh, we both can uh, at least 
I put out a meme the other day on the on our Twitter handle where it's like it's pain and UW fans and Cal fans a little handshake mm-hmm. <laughs> after after two games. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> yeah, game recognizes game. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. But we talk about the offense. You talked a little bit about Dylan Morris. How confident are you in Dylan Morris? And do you expect Sam Heward uh, to maybe push for the starting job at some point? Maybe not this year, but you know, maybe this coming off season. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite confident in Dylan Morris as long as the coaches, you know, call call the called the correct way to call a game. <laughs> um, where we've seen Dylan Morris um, not play his best is when, when like against um, at the beginning of again back to that Utah game, um, where they're just not giving him enough reps for, um, so that each throw pass attempt he has is like it is the one like it, it turns into not like a life or death thing but for lack of better words you know it obviously you don't we're not never going to be an air raid offense and i don't want us to be an air raid offense um but you have to give your quarterback a certain amount of reps just so that he can just like play if you're <laughs> if you if you split his his pass attempts in half like every single attempt matters that much more and that was really the only time where we've seen him really press. Um, and that was when he threw like three interceptions against Utah and all that. Um, against Montana, he looked pretty bad. Um, but for what it's worth, I mean, everybody looked bad. And I talked about this in my <laughs> Montana defensive preview that like Montana's, despite their having a huge talent disadvantage over Washington, the way that their front six works, they mostly run a three, three, five. And the way that their front six works, and they've all played together for so long, um, and and the way that they disguise pressure and can t- just bring it from any which direction, um, it, it it kind of back to hockey. It reminds me of when you watch like a hockey line um, <laughs> that's played together for years and years and years. The way that they move, yeah, um, so so fluidly, and and especially because we had a new left guard who took over the starting spot in the off season, um, who beat out the incumbent starter. And I looked at that and was like, oh, this might suck. <laughs> and it did. And Dylan Morris did, looked by far the worst he has. Um, and his career was against Montana, ironically, because of that. Um, I don't, I, 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 regarding your second question, um, I don't think there's any scenario where Sam Heward, I mean, I, th- I think Dylan Morris would have to get hurt for Sam mm-hmm. Heward to come in or he would if the coaching staff reverted back to that garbage play calling, mm. um, which, and I say that as somebody who, who really hates it when people go, Oh, the play calling, cause it's such a, uh, oftentimes really naive way of looking at things. Yeah. Um, but I think if I think the, the only way Sam Heward gets in is if Dylan Morris ends up the scapegoat for, um, garbage offensive philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, I mean, I, sh- I shouldn't say the scapegoat because in those scenarios, like everyone will also be pointing at Jimmy Lake and John Donovan, like they did the first two games. Um, but in that in that scenario, then Sam Hero will come in and also suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, I you know maybe in the off season he could. In the off season, I think it depends on how Morris does this year, um, in general, um, but. You know, it kind of in the same way that when you guys had uh, Ross Bowers and he had been the incumbent yeah. for what two years. Yep. Um, it, but but 
I, I think I think I think it could go either way of, of Morris really clenching it based on the rest of this year or or Hewitt um, coming out and fulfilling his potential earlier rather than later. Um, but I think if Hewitt if Hewitt were to beat him out, that would be that would mean say a lot about Hewitt. In the offseason. In the offseason. Of course. Of course. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair enough. I think that's the same thing with Cal fans that want to see the backup because, you know, they don't think Chase was doing a good job and he started launching deep balls and completing them and now no one's really talking about him anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it kind of goes both ways. Yeah, and I should also add, I think one thing that's really great about Morris, I mean, he's, he's more physically talented than he gets credit for mm-hmm. um, just because he's more diminutive than not. He's like six feet, yeah. maybe six foot one. Um, and, but he, he's way, he has way more poise and awareness, um, and kind of toughness than Jake Browning and Jacob Eason had. So there's like one specific moment during his first start last year where he started kind of running sideways and backwards a little bit away from the pass rush. And I could feel like collectively all of the UW fan base go, oh, no, God, here we go again. Because <laughs> you saw that with Easton and Browning where they would like run backwards and sideways backwards and whatever and then just get whooped. And then he he what he was doing, though, he ended up manipulating the pocket to go that way. And then he stepped up and chucked like a really great pass on the run that um, and I, I think you see a lot more of that of him just kind of hanging in there and and using his feet to he's to like manipulate the pressure. Um, and then make something happen. Um, and so I, I don't know. I think I think that's something that for me personally has been a breath of fresh air too. Uh, talking about the offense, right? We're talking about yeah. Dylan Morris. We talked about Jimmy Lake. What's what's the what's your thoughts on John Donovan? And you know, we talked about his scheme and, and all that so far. But you know, I've just I've seen the collective. I know Twitter isn't a great gauge, but mm-hmm. it's the the one that I'm most comfortable with and it doesn't seem like the john donovan hire is being well liked across the board um but i mean what is what's your thoughts on it like do we do we just need to give him more time um is it what type of situation is it there yeah uh looked like crap (laughs) (laughs) it's it really is i think i think this would be a much easier question to answer if we had a few more games um into the season yeah uh, cause it, it really does feel like it's this Jekyll and Hyde thing mm-hmm. of Montana, Michigan, first half of Utah, first half of Stanford, Oregon state last year where, where, yeah, where, where, when you go like the, when you, when you, when you are playing, running, running the ball for the first two downs into a nine man box, uh, versus going like. 11 personnel and just like spreading shit out like we're not operating a spread offense but you can have spread concepts and you can just do like give your guy space Mm -hmm. um give your running back space like you can have an aggressive running attack without in fact the only way to have a good aggressive running attack is by not keeping everything within that you know what 10 yard radius yeah um and i i yeah so you will see more as the year goes on because it really is. It's so hard to predict with, with how, what we have seen of one the good version of that offense or, or better version of that offense um, versus the absolute steaming dumpster fire. That is the other <laughs> version. Um, so 
so I, I mean, I, I really, really hope that, um, that, that they kind of would have just been saying that they, they commit to that evolution. Um, I think, I think there is a reasonably so a section of UW fans who feel like the John Donovan hire and the amount of like promoting from within, um, is indicative of like maybe a complacency culture within the AD and everything. Um, I don't know exactly where I stand on that. I'm, I can kind of, I'm a little bit ambivalent. Like I I can see definitely where that frustration, frustration is coming from. And I don't, I don't think it's invalid. I don't know if I necessarily completely adhere to that, like the magnitude of those, of how much people are, um, sticking by those accus- accusations or not accusations, but, um, assessments. Um, but I, I think, I think to an extent it, it, it is kind of true as far as maybe UW looking at itself as like, Oh, we have to outsmart, um, or like make the cute, the cute, like smart hires, um, that, or like cle- not smart hires, but like the clever hires instead of like, just go spend money to, get the best guy in whatever situation um which is kind of what the john donovan scenario looked at or looked like excuse me after they hired him um especially because prior to hiring john donovan it looked there there was evidence that they were in on rhett lashley who Mm -hmm. i think is now the s no i think he was miami and then is he smu now i don't know yeah um Uh, and then kellen moore yep uh who's like kellen moore obviously that he doesn't need an introduction yep um and and there was kind of a bit of uh discussion of like oh is is this because just offensive coordinators are a little bit hesitant to work for a first-year head coach or is this because we don't have the money for those guys or is it because jimmy lake wants specifically what (laughs) what john donovan has to offer which i mean i don't think it's that last one because you don't go from Rhett Lashley and Kellen Moore to John Donovan, you know, like they're pretty uh, philosophically opposed. Um, so I, 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 you know, we can discuss that like till everybody's blue in the face and nobody really <laughs> knows the exact answer. Um, but I think when you're looking at when you, since you were asking about the UW fan base and kind of where do they stand on things, I think that is kind of a, uh, a shadow over or, yeah, it, it's 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 kind of a, a, a thing that's in the back of many people's minds of like, what is the mechanisms behind the whole AD and the football program and everything that's that's leading to that? Is it genuinely that these are the best guys that Coach Lake and mm-hmm. um, uh, that Coach Lake wants? Do we are we not being like? Do we have the financial? Um, is, is there like a financial conservatism kind of behind all that? Um, and, you know, I don't think any of us really know the answers, but there's certainly there's like things that you can kind of infer and figure out. And maybe you're right or wrong. Who knows? But, um, yeah, that's definitely not not a thing with um, portion of the UW fan base right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Got it. All right. Yep, yep. The last... uh Big name question that I think uh, a lot of us would like to know is uh, when do you expect ZTF to return? Because uh, I know the whole thing is fun. like he's not he's not out for the year, but he's like not ready yet. Like, do you guys do you guys realistically do you think he'll be back to play for you guys this season? I mean, he's been he and Jimmy Lake have both said like explicitly that he's coming back this year mm-hmm. like, multiple times. They've ex- been explicit about it um originally the timeline was for uh his achilles was like the earliest he would come back i think was like early november yeah but there's such a wide variety of of like on that timeline i think it's like six to 12 months or 10 months for an mm-hmm. achilles so you know <laughs> but um i i have no idea further than that i would like him back now because he's awesome uh, he's so much fun to watch. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't, I mean, I have no, I have no idea. I, I selfishly, I hope it's sooner rather than later, but with the caveat of like, without rushing him back, cause the absolute worst thing would be rushing him back from injury and then, and then, um, you know, something else worse happening, but he, he has addressed that fear actually like on Twitter and stuff. He's, he's mentioned a couple times like, Hey guys, UW fans who are worrying about this because I think people were kind of in his mentions of like don't rush your recovery and he was like guys me and my medical team like we know what we're doing (laughs) so I hope I hope he's right and I hope he comes back yesterday Uh, but yeah who knows (laughs) yeah who knows all right we talked about all the the specific stuff Uh, we have our normal set of questions that we usually ask uh, the opponents and their opponent podcasters and writers when they come on. So let's start at the top. Which player <laughs> on offense should Cal fans know about? Uh, I think right now, uh, besides besides Kate Otten, who is a beast, yes. and Dylan Morris loves him, um, I would go with Jalen McMillan. Um, <laughs> if 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 Romo Dunze were injured, I would I would put him up there too in fact i would probably put him there first um but yeah j mac had i think he had like 176 yards receiving or something last week mm-hmm. um he he was injured for the first game he was like he had a had like thumb surgery or something he was injured then he was he like suited up and played like five snaps or 10 snaps or something against michigan but he was effectively a decoy they didn't like think they targeted him they might have given him like a jet sweep once um but he he uh yeah he kicked butt last Mm -hmm. game 
which again, asterisk talent advantage, but it's that's in line with what we have, what we've, A, what we knew we were getting with him as a recruit. Like he, he was, uh, he, he, he was a big, big time recruit um, and like a kind of a good route, good route runner, like a really fluid route runner. He's a tall target who's also really fast. Um, so he's between the that that footwork and how fluid it is, and his just straight line speed, um, he's definitely a, a deep threat. Um, and then we also like last year he actually this sounds bonkers to say, and I think a lot of UW fans would kind of double take at this. Last season he only had one catch for, I want to say like sixteen yards, but he was it, it he was like this close on a many not many, but like a handful of deep shots that would have been like, I don't know, like 60 yard completions. So I think because we felt like we saw him so often that he was actually more active. Um, but yeah, I think yesterday or sorry, last weekend was definitely a, um, look at, obviously I don't think he's going to go off for almost 200 yards against, against the Cal defense because the Cal defense is way different than the Arkansas state defense and way better. But, um, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely going to be, I think, the primary uh, yardage. I think he'll probably have more yards than anyone else um, if Cal doesn't play their cards right. Yeah, and uh, we've struggled against uh, wide receivers in the passing game over the last three weeks. So, uh, yeah, there's that. That's such a bonkers sentence to me <laughs> when I think of Cal defense. Considering the last three years, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, we pivot to the defense. Which player on the UW defense should Cal fans know about? Uh, I can't answer that right now because we don't know if Trent McDuffie is. Well, at least I haven't paid. I haven't checked in the last twenty four hours if Trent McDuffie <laughs> will be playing. Yeah. Um, because he was injured. It was so dumb. He was injured on a, on a punt return that was like about to go out of bounds and he picked it up ran five yards and like hurt his ankle Uh-oh. he came back out and he was still like in his gear but it was heavily taped um and he didn't play for the rest of it um kyler gordon opposite him is he isn't maybe the like tech technician that mcduffie is but he's just like a athletic freak like he has like a 40 six inch vertical oh good lord and, and like he had he had he he he's he had like a, a pass breakup against michigan that was one of those ones where you're just turn into that hard eyes uh smiling emoji <laughs> just watching it um obviously the answer i think is interesting events uh worth this defense that there isn't currently with ztf injured there isn't like that one guy mm-hmm. um I, I, there's a, a rotation of defensive tackles, including a true freshman, um, who are, including a couple true freshmen actually, who actually, who look in, intriguing. Um, and Eddie Lafoscio, who mm-hmm. was held out, or he played last weekend, um, but only like five snaps or something, um, at inside linebacker. And I, I think him only pl- barely playing was more precautionary anything else so he'll probably be a full go for you guys um i i guess you could point to him simply as kind of one of the leaders of the defense um 
in a bright spot at a unit that has been mediocre the last few years. Uh, but yeah, I don't think there is one single dude that's like him, him as the definitive answer there. Okay. That's perfectly fine. Uh, I think the... The next question kind of will will maybe alleviate that a little bit. Is is there an under the radar guy, whether it be on offense, defense, special teams, that you think is going to swing this game for you guys, or could or could be the swing factor for you guys? It could be the what? That could be oh, like the oh, guy oh, who oh. like wins the game for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I misheard that last <laughs> uh, phrase. Um, I think. Ooh, okay, I'm scrolling through like okay, I, formations I visually could, in my head right now. Yeah, I could see um, I could see her rolling through the death chart and the and the <laughs> formations in her head. I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if it, in again this go if you'd uh, if John Donovan and Jimmy Light call a game offensively like they did on Saturday, mm-hmm. um, where they give their running backs more space. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Sean McGrew mm-hmm. has <coughs> has a good game. He didn't play against Montana or Michigan, and people were starting to kind of be like, "What the actual fuck um, <laughs> about that?" Because he's like a he's a class of twenty sixteen. He's a six year senior who came back for his COVID year. Um, he is minute. He's so small. He I've I've seen him a couple times. Like walked right by him, and I'm I'm like five eight, and he is much shorter than me like he's listed at five seven on on the roster um he's probably shorter than that um and but i he he's really as you would expect with somebody like that he's really good in space and but he's also because he's so short he just has such a low center of gravity that he's really good at just running behind like he's running behind his pads in a way that you usually you usually expect that from thumpers and he's obviously not mm-hmm. um and he doesn't try to run through people but he kind of had does that miles gaskin thing of just getting those extra two three yards through contact and falling forward and uh, by itself that doesn't make that doesn't sound like a whole thing but when you get an extra two or three yards on every every running play yeah i mean those add up over the course of a game and I also think him specifically because when I was watching Cal's defense, um, I didn't watch the Sacramento State mm-hmm. um, game, but it looked like the they had a really you guys had a really tricky time at, um, on occasion uh, with sealing the edge off yep. for the run. Um, and so when I look at that, I'm like, oh man, that's Sean McGrew's music. Yeah, <laughs> like just what he would be able to do with that. Um, I think I think he would he he would have the most success of any of our our running back rotation um, in that specific scenario, um, and this is all contingent on Lake and Donovan not only recognizing that because I'm sure they do because they're paid millions of dollars to recognize that, but actually capitalizing on it too. Um, if they don't, then nobody. <laughs> <laughs> but I I I I. Um, Man, I hope those millions motivate them. <laughs> I it, as as it should, as it should. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about a little bit, little uh, prediction and and scouting that you've done. What does UW have to do to win the game on Saturday? I I think um, I think it all comes back to that that offensive philosophy. Um, 
because if they if it if they do um if they do play like non or if, if i shouldn't say play the players are not to blame for i mean they they're good um the coaches if the coaches call a game that isn't garbage um <laughs> i think running kind of that off tackle sort of thing um getting guys into space in the running game um coming out with 11 personnel maybe occasionally 10 personnel that's more spread out um or even 12 but lining up one of your tight ends in the slot or you know using that as a, as a mismatch in the passing game and kind of sowing that doubt into cal's defense um just so that it's not so predictable mm-hmm. um then i really don't see i i see you in, in that scenario having a, a a much more like a quite an effective run game if they if they approach it like that um and then having a kind of modest supporting cast through the air um it and, and for what it's worth also I, I i did notice that do you well, actually you correct me if if what you think i'm seeing is wrong but it looked to me like cal's defense plays kind of a lot like not a lot of um like press coverage yeah um, yeah but stays back a bit more yeah i mean it depends on the the opponents that we're playing but mm-hmm. i think because of the struggles we've had on the defensive backside we've played mm-hmm. a little bit more zone to maybe alleviate some of the pressure of the mm-hmm. one-on-ones outside and maybe that's in turn causing some of mm-hmm. these guys to give them like a five-yard buffer because we feel like our athleticism yeah. could probably keep, catch up to them and tackle them but we've been missing tackles so you know <laughs> yeah I, yeah i noticed that too yeah um so i think i think if UW lines up um, in a more maybe liberal um, personnel groupings and has a more balanced approach, then I could see them really taking advantage of kind of those short mid length, mm-hmm. um, whether it's crossing or out, you know, I'm, I don't care about the specific routes in that scenario. Um, and just having kind of a moderately successful offensive attack. Um, I do kind of, Get, I do kind of get really nervous about Chase Garbers and your guys' run game specifically just because obviously our, our run defense has been our weakness um, on defense and it's not even close. Um, and so I, I keep having these like <laughs> these like daytime nightmares <laughs> of just like you guys running it for a handful of yards and then running it for a handful more yards and then it being like third down. And Chase Garbers is so like he's he's – I don't think anyone would say he's an elite quarterback, but he's so frustrating to play against because he can, he's like a good, he's a, he's a pretty good passer. And then he's just, he's so, he's mobile to the point where like, he's not just going to take off and book it, but right. I, I can just see us giving up these like third and short, but passing downs, third downs. I could see Cal having a lot of third down conversions that are just like, so discouraging for you, Dub, <laughs> and I hate it very much. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I I think I think Cal would will would quite easily win if we uh, show up doing the same thing that we did against Michigan. Um, I think UW definitely has the advantage if they don't. Um, so it's all up to Jimmy Lake and John Donovan. <laughs> Putting it on those shoulders. Yeah. 
Which, again, they're paid millions, so that's whose shoulders it should be yep. on, and they should just make the right call. <laughs> I mean, you did kind of allude to it, but the, the following question for me was going to be, what does Cal have to do to win the game? But uh, do you have any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, um, uh, well, I, I think they're on defense, like cleaning up that tackling, mm-hmm. like you said, um, which I, I noticed too, which was, again, another thing that felt so uncharacteristic Absolutely. Cal when I was watching them. Because um, your guys' defense, I mean, your guys' defense ever since Wilcox got there is very similar to ours in the last couple of years has been, I don't know statistically if they've been better, but the eye test wise, like they've looked better yeah. in many ways. Um, so I, th- I think just cleaning that up um, and, and especially I think improvement on the edge, uh, on the edge in the passing game or the, sorry, excuse me, in the rushing game for UW. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that would take away. I think if they, if they can, if you guys can, can, seal the edge better um against the running game i could see then john donovan and jimmy lake in that scenario where they try to attack that first i could see them then like getting all bread and butter panicky and just going back to like boring 22 personnel a gap a gap (laughs) pass for four yards punt um (laughs) so i think defensively for cal that's what i look at um and then offensively um, I would say offensively, just relying on on um, your guys' running game more often than not. And then let Chase Garbers kind of clean up whatever the rest is that he has to. Um, and, that, and, that's the, and for what it's worth, that's the other thing why on offense I want to see um, Lake and Donovan call that more, um, more liberal, more open philosophy just because that also will force Cal to be have more urgency on offense mm-hmm. and when they do that and have to throw and all that instead of just marching down the field for a, in a eight minute possession um, then then UW's defense can play more efficiently too and play more to their game um, so yeah I, I those are kind of on my mind as the as the primary things for if you're Cal all right yeah yeah we talked about what UW needs to do what Cal needs to do but from your perspective how is this game going to turn out? There's two <laughs> such there's two such distinct outcomes that again if 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 UW runs that that offense that the bad offense they can't I don't think they can win. <laughs> like they can't. It, until the thing that happens is they run that crappy offense, then they get behind by an amount of points and then have to open it up, do better, but it's too late. So, like, why not just do better? From the first? beginning. Because <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's primarily not execution. I mean, it is, it, they do execute that bad offense worse, too, just because it's harder to execute because you have, like, all but five players in this box, like, all but five players on offense and defense. Yep. So it's like, of course you can't execute that very well because there's, it's fucking pandemonium. Yep. <laughs> um, pandemonium in like the Oklahoma drill. Um, Good lord. So I mean, I guess I could see if they start out with that and then realize, oh right, this is shit. Um, I could see them then mounting like a a, a comeback when they open it up. Um, but it it <laughs> it really is. It really is just. It's so confounding. 
Um, in this in the scenario that Yuda plays uh, or calls calls a scheme that is better mm-hmm. um, that this, the one that we saw last weekend. Um, you know, I mean, we put up the offense put up uh, I want to say forty four points last weekend because one of the touchdowns was defensive. Mm-hmm. Um, forty five. Um, so I mean, I don't think they're going to do that against Cal. Um, even a little bit. <laughs> But I, hope I think not. there's definitely a potential there for them to be much more effective offensively mm. than they had been um, during those two games that sucked for Washington. <laughs> um, and 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 I think in that scenario, it would be pretty tricky for Cal to keep up with it just because what they need to do, like we just talked about, is really lean on that running game and and then have Chase Garbers do, do what just – what he has to do. Um, and I think that would be really difficult to stay disciplined enough to do that. If you're Cal, if UW comes out with a functional offense, um, I, th- I think what's reasonable is probably something like 30, I don't know, 30, 30 to 21 something. But, but if UW, UW's offense comes out in the good version, if it's the bad version, then then uh, who even who even knows? <laughs> who, knows? <laughs> who knows? But I hate it. So yeah. So we're not predicting the Thor Bowl part two. Like we're not expecting a defensive touchdown oh. being the only thing that happens in this game. Uh. <laughs> it's just we're expecting a somewhat normalcy to a certain yeah, degree. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is we were expecting that the first two games too. <laughs> So naturally, something insane is going to happen. Cal will win, and we'll just be standing there like, what What the hell, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really don't feel comfortable ever making a, a genuine, like, this will be the score prediction against Cal for the last four years because it's just so psychotic. Everything seems to just be, it just does nothing works like how it normally does. Yep. It's shenanigans. It's shenanigans. Yeah. But that's why we're all going to be tuning in on Saturday mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The last question I got for you that we always ask on our Q&As. Whom do you most want to punch in the face? With a disclaimer, that's that, Ooh. of course, is we don't condone violence. But in a figurative sense, if you were mm-hmm. able to punch anyone in the mm-hmm. face, who would you most like to punch in the face in your current state right now? Like, does anybody? Anybody. You pick like not a, not like a UW. No, no, it, it can literally be any person in the world. Oh man, I really needed to. Oh, I should have, I should have, I should have had hours to think about this. Um, oh, you get a free shot. You get one free shot. Oh, Just a haymaker. I had a really good one like a day or two ago of somebody that I'm like, man, I would love to. And for what it's worth, I'm not a huge person, but I throw a good punch because if you grow if any if you grow up playing softball it's like it's the same thing it's all all feet and it's all in the hips and and it's all in the butt and the feet so and in you know i'm good at i'm good at leverage uh oh man i mean clay travis always uh (laughs) it's just a backup option it's just yeah yeah. perpetually Um, there as the backup yeah Oh my god, this is so frustrating because I had somebody who I was actively th- 
thinking I want to, to just sucker punch them. <sighs> uh, we've had we've had some good ones over the years. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. No, that's too esoteric. <laughs> um, um, I be- oh, well, Nick Rolovich, frankly. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah. And it, it's, 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 it's one thing to be like, uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously, obviously everyone should get vaccinated, but if it were just him being like, being i don't know if it if it weren't him being so such a freaking assholey obtuse <laughs> douchebag about it then maybe i would like dislike him but not want to punch him yeah. but it's like that and everything about how he functions and when in and there was someone someone asked him like after their their uh lost at usc last week someone some reporter asked him like brought up all these times that they were ahead and then blew it in his like what eight game head coaching career at usc it was like seven or it was like five games they have lost that they blew leads to and he was like interesting i didn't know that i'll have to do more research into it and look at why that is and Mm. and everyone was just like oh oh you and research and knowing understanding numbers um but between that and him being asked to that one uh to that one player last year about like you know giving a shit about yep (laughs) basic human decency and like the implications a lot of the implications for him just being a shithead and um about how he runs his program and how he views just like people yep um so yeah let's go with him why not and to think i liked him when he was in hawaii same here i don't think my yeah i he was like i mean he wasn't cool then either obviously but i thought he was i I think most people thought he was yeah i think that's a i think that's a good choice i'm very curious now like with that whole situation with him and the vaccination and all that like how it's gonna play out when he visits the city of berkeley in two weeks because like we have one of the strictest public health departments in the states yeah, and it's like that. how is he gonna step on to the city and uh, it's gonna be weird it's gonna be very weird yeah yeah well i i he's just been such a arrogant dickhead about it <laughs> but not about that about everything yeah. like everything he could possibly be an arrogant brat about yeah it he has been i don't think there's a it, yeah I don't think there's a single, like, damage control, like, firm that would be willing to take on this case because there's so many things to cover. It's so much. And people want – I mentioned something in, like, a 30-day countdown article that we do about – I had the topic, like, which Pac-12 coach would you want to get a beer with or something? And I wrote down Nick and was like – and was like, no, you know what? I – knowing he's unvaccinated, I don't want to sit down (laughs) – I don't want to sit down like with him because when you have a beer with somebody, you're within their mouth vapor distance. Yep. And then somebody immediately commented and was like, he just has his own opinion. You need people like that who stand up for it. And I was like, great. Well, I have permanent lung scarring and asthma from when I got pneumonia. So that's his opinion. And my opinion is that I don't have to spend time in his physical vicinity. And But it, it frustrates me when people look at it as just like, oh, he's just, he's, he's just like an oh it's like you don't like him because he's not vaccinated and like sure i don't like him because he's not vaccinated um and so he's like willfully putting uh 
people mm-hmm. in harm's way um, for a scam. But more than that, it's the fact that he's just like showed time and time again, over and over and over, a pattern of just being a total arrogant shithead. Yep. And this is just one example of that. But by itself, you know, you can by itself it's one thing, but everything all together, like you're just an ass. <laughs> so yeah, that's that. That's it. Anyways, all my Coog family and friends, everybody I know, uh, regardless of uh, political, which it shouldn't be a political thing, but regardless <laughs> of views, wants Nick Rolovich fired because I, you know, I know a lot, of, a lot of Coogs, and they all hate him. <laughs> not great, not great when you're the highest paid employee yeah. in the state and. Basically, half the state doesn't like you, so... Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, more than half. Probably more than half. Okay, more than half. <laughs> At least half don't like him because he, he's a cougar. Yeah. <laughs> and the majority of the cougs don't like him because he's an ass who sucks as a head coach. If you're going to be an ass, at least be good. Right. You have that masking for you. That's the barrier. That's the moat between you and the angry yeah. mob is that you have wins. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. well we, we're so. going to punch Nick Rolovich figuratively. Yeah, but do you? Um, I don't know if you listen to my brother and my brother, and my brother and me, but I'm sure somebody listening to this does listen to my brother and my brother and me. So how they hear what I'm about to say in the same voice is when they say, "Kiss your dad square on the mouth, uh, punch Nick Rolovich right in the face." <laughs> I don't think there's a better way to end this podcast. I don't even. Yeah. I, I think that's the best closure. All right, that's the best mm-hmm. way. Thank you, Gaby, for coming on and talking uh, UW. If you want to go read her stuff or all of the good stuff at uh, UW Dog Pound, it's UWDogPound.com. And uh, Absolutely. you follow them on Twitter. Catch me there. Yeah. They're one of the fun ones. I, I will vouch for them. Yeah. They're one of the fun ones on this. We are cool. Yeah, they are pretty cool. There's like none of our writers that I don't like, yeah. which is good. Yeah. We are all, all one right. happy family. Peace out. But. Yeah. <laughs> Go Bears. Bye.